Welcome to another episode of the Vinyard Nordic Podcast. My name is Jon. The Vinyard Nordic Podcast is the best way to stay up to date with the latest news and inspiring stories relating to how God is at work in the Vinyard Nordic community. So one day I said to God, God, I believe that you are the true God and I want to follow you with all my heart, but my heart doesn't want to follow you. So will you please change my heart so I can honestly say to you that you can have my whole life. And two weeks later, I was sitting in my room and suddenly I just felt an overwhelming love coming over me. Just such a knowledge that God loves me for everything I am. He gave me life. He gave me family. He gave me Jesus. Could he have given me more than he had given me that also? Today, I'm very happy to speak to Sebastian Olesen from Valsmose, part of Odense in Denmark. Sebastian is 29 years old and has a really inspiring story to tell. In this talk, we, among many other things, hear him talk and share about when he met Jesus at a very young age. During a vacation time later on in Egypt with his family at the age of 17, he became friend with a Muslim guy and shared about Jesus. And after that trip, he really got a heart to establish a loving and understanding relationship between Christians and Muslims. So seven and a half years ago, he moved to Volsmose, a multicultural suburb outside Odense. He has established a lot of relationships and recently planted Volsmose Vineyard. Sebastian is a true inspiration. Listen and enjoy. Okay, so very welcome again to the Vineyard Nordic podcast. It's been going on for quite a while right now and today I'm very happy to have Sebastian Olesen with me in the podcast. How are you doing today Sebastian? I'm very good, thank you Jon. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, how is life in Denmark these days? It's cold and foggy and uh, people are tired so yeah that's life in Denmark. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's this January darkness in the Nordic countries. Yeah. It's the, what they say, it's the poorest month of the year as well. So yeah, (laughs) but hopefully uh, this talk will uh, inspire us at least, but it's really good to have you here and we'll talk a lot about things in your life and this episode. I'm really looking forward for that. But if you were to describe yourself with three words for the listeners, what would those be? I think it would be uh, bold and authentic and like meeting people without uh, prejudice. Yeah. And can you explain uh, those words a little bit? Like what they mean for you? Yeah. So uh, bold means that I dare to do uh, what God uh, puts on my heart usually. Uh, So, and that, that has led me to many crazy stuff and I experienced so many awesome things because I dared to say uh, yes in certain situations. Yeah. Uh, What was the next one? Courage, right? (laughs) No, I said bold. Oh, authentic, uh, authentic. Authentic. Yeah. Okay. Authentic uh, because uh, I feel that I can live uh, the life that God has put on my heart. I can be myself as a human being and uh, in the calling God has given me. And as I have growing older, I'm still young, but as I've grown uh, older, I feel more comfortable in being uh, myself and showing people who I am. Yeah, both uh, good sides and, and bad sides. That sounds good. And last one is that uh, I meet people without uh, prejudice uh, is that I have a big heart for uh, especially here, some of the criminals in the area I live in. And I somehow just see them as people more than I see them as troublemakers. And I know that's a gift. 
it's not anything I can brag about myself. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a really important gift for all of us to long for. Uh, it's so easy to have assumptions of people and judge people without knowing them uh, and so on. And um, for also the listeners that listen to this and don't know you, what are you doing in life at the moment? Like, yeah, tell us a little bit short story. Yeah. So I have uh, two jobs. I work part-time in El Bishara, which is an organization I made with a small group one and a half years ago. El Bishara is Arabic and it means good news. And among other things, I make videos for YouTube and Facebook about friendships between between Muslims and Christians and sharing the gospel of Jesus through that and yeah, many other activities. And then recently, we started a new church plant here in Denmark. Uh, it's in uh, Odense. So we made a church plant in the same city in another area called Volsmose, which is like uh, uh, one of the biggest uh, Muslim areas in Denmark. Uh, and since I've had a heart for Muslims for quite a few years, uh, it made sense for me to make a church plant in this uh, area that I have moved into. Yeah, those two things. Yeah, that sounds really good. And any interests that you like to do on your free time? I love nature, so I love going for a walk or petting my cats or feeding my fish or going to my koloniheo. I don't know what that's called in English, but uh, yeah, it's a like small sp- garden. Yeah, small garden, and some people also have a small house uh, attached yeah. to it, yeah, where you can plant. That sounds really good, and I'm really excited to hear more about your church plant. But before we go in more into that, I as always, want to ask some uh, quick questions here for you to answer. So the first one is, what is the best thing with Denmark, would you say? The best thing with Denmark? We have a good opportunity to (laughs) promote people to visit Denmark. (laughs) Yeah, I think the best part about Denmark is that we have so much um, freedom and welfare and democracy. Like it's really a good and healthy country in that way. When I travel, I see that people envy how righteous uh, Danish society is and stuff like that. So that's really a thing we should appreciate in the, not only in Denmark, but I think especially in the Nordic countries. Share one favorite memory from a Vineyard Nordic summer camp. Uh, That was probably the last one before the lockdown. There was a guy uh, prophesying over me that God had sent me into a dark area with no hope. And God sent me there to bring people hope. And that made so much sense uh, in the time because uh, he didn't uh, know me. And I moved. I had moved into this uh, Muslim area where a lot of challenging stuff are happening and when I went to receive prayer I had in mind some of the criminal boys that I have been spending time with and then he said to me you are living among yeah. like you're living in an area with many problems basically and God's sent you there for a purpose so that was really a powerful experience for me oh wow that was really good what would you say is your definition of leadership It is basically uh, living the life that God has called you to live and then other people will see you and follow you. And uh, what is the worst job you have ever had in your life? My worst job? 
I've had many jobs, many small jobs, many weird jobs. <laughs> uh, one of them might be that I have been washing pig crap from uh, farms from morning to evening. Yeah. What did you say, pig? Uh, crap. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Poop. <laughs> poop. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now I can imagine. So you had the poop in every corner of your body and yeah, <laughs> everywhere. So, so disgusting. <laughs> yeah. What are you passionate about in life? I'm really passionate about people. I love being with people and I love uh, seeing people uh, happy and living uh, a life where they live uh, with Jesus and live for God and mm. just basically love people. Sounds good. So in this podcast, we always have this section where we ask you to share some stories and happenings that have shaped who you are today from your life. And yeah, I would just like to hear a couple of stories from your life that has really shaped who you are today. And what were those turning points in those situations? Sure. So when I was 14 years old, now I'm 29. So half my lifetime ago, I met some young Christians a year older than me, and they had not been raised in Christian families, but they were just on fire for Jesus. And they prayed for sick people and experienced all kinds of crazy stuff. And I never even heard about something like that. And that really impressed me. After a while, I thought, if Christianity is true, I also want to live fully forgot. But if it's not true, if it's just some tradition I learned is good to believe in, then I don't want to spend my life doing it, not even half. So I prayed about it and I asked all my questions for God and religion and other religions and science and stuff and asked uh, good friends and I asked the internet. And after some while, I felt that I could, that I had the answers I needed. So one day I said to God, God, I believe that you are the one I have read about uh, in the Bible, and I really believe that you are the true God, and I want to follow you with all my heart, but my heart doesn't want to follow you. So will you please change my heart so I can honestly say to you that you can have my whole life. And two weeks later, I was sitting in my room, and suddenly I just felt an overwhelming love uh, coming over me. Just uh, such a knowledge that God loves me for everything I am. He gave me life. He gave my, me family. He gave me Jesus. Could he have given me more than he had given me that also? But he gave me everything. And then I said to God, now you can just use me uh, for whatever you want. If you want me to travel around the world, I will do that. If you want me to clean up toilets locally, I will do that. Just use me for anything and that's basically been my way of living since in ups and downs. And sometimes I wanted to take back my yes to Jesus and say, no, you can't have this. And I want to live my own life. Uh, but again and again, I had to pray, God, please change my heart because only uh, you can change my heart so that I want to live for you. And he does that. I mean, for young people listening to this today, I think what you say, like you were very young, feeling this kind of clear conviction, like first you pray that you wanted to surrender yourself to him. Or I mean, you wanted to believe, but you're in the same way you didn't want to believe, you didn't want to, mm. to do it. And, and then finding Jesus. And as you said, after that, it's always, you know, life is full of ups and downs. But what mm. are some learning points uh, 
that you can share with young people, like maybe have experienced Jesus in a young age, but then uh, struggling with faith during teenage years. What are your learnings from that time in life? My biggest learning is uh, grace, uh, because when I was really on fire for Jesus, uh, I found out, wow, this is so amazing. And I experienced uh, really how great it is to live for Jesus. And uh, many of us who really get turned on for Jesus like that, when first time we then uh, fall in sin or do something bad or start doubting, then we think that God doesn't love us anymore or we think that uh, we are just far away from God. And I think some people actually lose their faith this way because they didn't get real good mentorship or discipleship. So this is the most important thing I've learned in this is the grace of God that God's grace is so powerful and he forgives me and he loves me even on my worst days. That has been so important for me to be told that again and again. I had a really good mentor who told me that over and over every time I said, God can't love me anymore and stuff. And he said, no, he loves you. And yeah, he was really good at just showing me God's love and forgiveness. Yeah, and speaking about mentor, as I'm one of the leaders for the youth in the Nordic Vineyard, we have talked about that a lot the last like year and two years about really structuring up the mentorship part in life. Like as leaders, you need a mentor, but also for us as leaders to make sure that our young people have uh, mentors in their life. What would you say have been the key, the best part of having a mentor? Why do you see it's important to have that? What have you like learned from that and how has it helped you? Well, my mentor, he sees things that I don't see myself. And uh, he's always, uh, because he's older than me and more mature than me, he uh, is always uh, some steps ahead of me. So usually the crap that I'm going through, he has been going through it before me. <laughs> so that gives a lot of uh, credibility to him and it gives... Um, so much in my growth with Jesus that he he has that experience. Mm. Uh, it sounds really good. Another thing that really shaped my life is definitely a trip uh, we went to with my family. We went on holiday to Egypt uh, many years ago. At the time, I had only Danish friends, and uh, I don't think I ever met a Muslim, actually. Uh, but we went to Egypt, and in the hotel, uh, our neighbor in the hotel he was a young guy on my own age and we started talking one day and became really good friends and we ended up hanging out every night uh, at the beach just talking and spending time with each other and it was my first time to have a conversation with a muslim about jesus also and i shared my faith and it was so amazing to share jesus with someone who had never heard it from a christian before and uh, he had some uh, difficulties with his uh, exams and I asked if I could pray for him and he said yes and I was so surprised that he said yes and it was a good experience for both of us and I think this is like back when I was around 17 or 18 years old and still today uh, I sometimes go to Egypt and when I go uh, I contact him and sometimes we still meet. Oh wow, that's really good. So he's he was from Egypt but he was staying at the hotel like a resort for a vacation. Yeah, because he was from another city oh, in yeah, Egypt. Yeah. And this experience uh, shaped me because 
this is where my passion for Muslims started, actually. What are your learnings? Maybe we will come into that a little bit later as well. But in that situation, what did you learn about yourself, like from not from living this life with, as you said, only Danish friend, maybe a very um, specific type of people, <laughs> if you were to say, and, and then meeting another person from another culture, uh, another background. How would you say that that kind of impacted you? And what were the learnings that you realized at that time that have like been with you later on? I learned that uh, none of us actually needs to know something about the other person's faith or culture before we can just talk and we don't have to know anything and because both of us just uh, talked without having a lot of prejudice against each other's cultures uh, then we just uh, got this great friendship mm. yeah for me that has also been a realization in my life the last couple of years when meeting people with other backgrounds like other faith like muslims for an example but just speaking about your like beliefs with each other sharing like how you view things and you actually realize that you share a lot of things and it's it's much easier in a way to talk about faith with other people that have a faith than people that don't believe in anything and it's and it's good to see so many like common things and and also be able to kind of a little bit forgive each other for you know how you can have pre assumptions of each other's religion or cultures and and i think that's like in that coming together part i think that's so important when when just being you know sent as Jesus are sending us out, being the light to the world and love people, it has to start with just loving people unconditionally, and no matter belief systems we are, we're in or trying to make people believe in what we are believing, but start by showing the example of Jesus in as we live and believe that that will transform people and, and ourselves, of course. Exactly. Yeah. Really inspiring stories. Another story that have shaped who you are today. Yeah. So seven and a half years ago, I moved to uh, Volsmose, which is the biggest uh, Muslim area in Denmark. And this was actually because of my experience in Egypt and other things. Like I started uh, a love for Muslims started uh, growing in my heart. And I thought, I want to investigate this. Uh, more and more. Uh, and I also had a heart for uh, people in society who are struggling and who are uh, very unpopular because of their crimes. And that was perfect for me then to move into uh, uh, one of those areas uh, categorized as a ghetto in Denmark. So uh, I moved here and uh, tried to make relationships uh, I started uh, studying uh, a bachelor degree in intercultural pedagogic and Arabic. Um, and in the same time, I got a job in a language school and did different things to, to make relationships here. Um, and that has really shaped me moving into this area because my life here and my everyday life and my neighbors are so much different from living in a small town in Denmark. 
Uh, and I really love it. I loved it since I moved in and I still love it here. And I can't imagine ever moving out of Volsmose again. Mm. And speaking about that, uh, also in this episode, I want to speak a little bit about this uh, life situation you're in right now. You've been living there for a couple of years now and, and you're planting the church and everything. Can you take us on a journey from when you moved there and what have happened uh, throughout the years and, and also what you're seeing in the future? I remember first day I moved in, we just uh, put my stuff on its place and uh, we were standing on the balcony, uh, me and a family member, uh, just relaxing a little bit. And then we were looking out and suddenly we saw one guy uh, standing there and then another guy coming running towards him, hitting his face and then both of them ran away. And I was just like, okay, welcome to Valsmose. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, and those things I've seen uh, a few times, but every time something like that, ha that happens, you can just walk around it. Like it's never a dangerous for you because you're not a part of the conflict. Uh, and even though there are these uh, negative experiences, uh, I've seen so much, many more uh, positive experiences. Uh, people are so helpful uh, and generous. Uh, I have good relationships with so many uh, of my neighbors now. Uh, one day I was opening my door, just going out uh, from my apartment. And then in the same time, the guy living upstairs came down and he just uh, had some pizza on a plate uh, to bring to a friend. And when <laughs> when I opened the door, he stood there with a the pizza. And just by accident, he was like, oh, hello. And he said, uh, you want some pizza? <laughs> and uh, and then he just gave me a slice of pizza. Oh, that's so and uh, random stuff like, yeah, <laughs> random stuff like that happens all the time. Uh, so I just got a new secondhand furniture. I wanted to get up and I stand in the street with it. I have no one to help me with getting it up in my apartment. And then the first people who pass by, I ask them, can you help me getting it up? And they're like, sure, why not? And then they're just helping me getting it up. So people are really helpful and open-minded and uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I can also see that we have a lot to learn from other cultures and especially like hospitality and like how people are so generous with time and, and you know, like generous in with food and, you know, helping out and everything. And that's also the thing I experienced, like being in church previously in Stockholm where we were, we, we were reaching out to this youth place in an area that's been on the map for the police as one of the dangerous areas in Sweden. But as you say, when you go there, you get to know people. It's so many nice stories and so many nice people and and the media is often i mean blowing up things <laughs> uh, or what you say making yeah. things worse than it is i mean there are a lot of bad things happening and and it's very maybe central in some parts and that's why it's news are so big but there are so many good forces if you can say as well and and i think what i learned as church or as christians going out there and and just hang out with them and and not forcing anything on them or not expecting anything but just be there it, it's showing something different like one night they asked us like are you getting paid to be here and help us every wednesday night mm -hmm. and i'm like no we do it for free and they like are you crazy why would you do that mm -hmm. like but it, but it's it's just showing them that the society has given up on them so many times and and being there as a person not growing up there or with not the same cultural background you can show that we care and it's, it makes so much impact for them to see that okay we are not uh, on the outside there are actually people that want our best and and that can 
change people's behaviors and, and just how they want to live their lives. So yeah, mm. that's, but I, I just been part of, of that for a short time in my life. So not so much experience, but that's just the, the things I've been seeing as well. But yeah, tell us more about how has things developed? You know, you shared about the organization you've started and, and so on. So I had uh, jobs in different schools, uh, in different cities in Denmark after I finished my bachelor. Uh, but even though I liked it very much, I felt that my heart was more and more here in Volsmo. So uh, one, like after lots of prayer and uh, confusion, uh, one day I just woke up and realized I have to quit both of my jobs. Uh, one was in a church in Copenhagen, another one was in a school in the south of Jylland. Both of them, I had to drive like one and a half hour in the opposite direction. So I was driving a lot at the time, uh, but I felt that I should quit both of them and then start an organization uh, and have my make my own job description here in Volsmo. Uh, so I thought about that for 10 days or so, and then I quit my jobs and started to find out how I could make an organization. And uh, that's what I've been working with for one and a half years now. Um, doing a lot of uh, uh, relationship uh, work and uh, going to churches, uh, give talks on uh, Christian-Muslim relationships and how we can share our faith. Uh, and I make these videos for YouTube and Facebook uh, where I show how we can have friendships uh, with Muslims and how we can share our faith with Muslims. And some of them, uh, I share the gospel uh, in a Muslim-friendly way And uh, yeah, it ranged from like, I think the lowest has maybe 22 views <laughs> and the highest has like 480,000 views or something like that. So there's a big range <laughs> between the videos. Yeah, that sounds so good. I mean, what have you, what are you doing in the videos? Like, what are you focusing on? Like, yeah, in some of them, I'm just talking to the camera. Uh, I'm talking about a uh, Biblical topic, maybe some of the questions Muslims have, some of the interventions uh, Muslims have against Christianity, uh, and I talk about that. Uh, or maybe I talk about uh, something with integration or freedom of uh, religion. Or else, uh, in other videos, uh, it's more practical, where I've been going to a mosque uh, with some Christian students, and we have had conversations in the mosque with the Muslims and stuff like that. That turned into a video. I visited a church which was made just from immigrants in Denmark, uh, started from an asylum center in the north of uh, Denmark. Uh, pretty exciting too. And uh, we made a video also here from Volsmose where we handed out juice and dates for Muslims at uh, their Eid uh, uh, celebration. Uh, that was a very popular one. Mm. Uh, and that certain event has given me a lot of credibility among my Muslim neighbors Everyone just uh, are open to me because we did that event. They are so open to me and the person I am because uh, we handed out juice and dates for their Muslim holiday. Mm. Uh, what would you, if you were to share some of your experiences, like you share in your videos and stuff, like what are important uh, lessons learned and how to reach uh, people uh, uh, with a Muslim ba background? What are your main like uh, learnings from, from the years? I think it's important to stay focused on uh, the love of God 
and to be open and not think that you know everything, but continue to ask questions. And also know that uh, some of the Muslims you meet, they don't ask you questions because they are interested in knowing your answer, but they are asking you questions because they want to con uh, confuse you and show you that you're wrong. So it's important to see the difference. Who wants to know the answer to my question and who is just uh, interested in bullying me? And uh, if they are interested in knowing... Uh, something then i will answer them and if they are trying to bully me or show me that i'm wrong then i attack them back <laughs> uh, but uh, that requires a little experience to do that uh, so mostly just uh, uh, because that can yeah so mostly just be open and and answer people's questions and yeah yeah and how how would you say are like uh, if if there are people <clears throat> wanting to reach out in in areas like this uh, around our Nordic countries, uh, what would you say, how can we start? How can we just start by being loveful <laughs> and, and, and yeah. reaching out? Well, first of all, move into uh, one of these areas because there's a big difference in, be, in living there and in visiting here. Uh, people respect me so much because I live here. If I just came as a visitor to make a church plant, people, they would be suspicious at me. Uh, but because I live here, well, often often I go in the streets, uh, I go prayer walks, I just talk to God. And uh, then I often say hi to people that I pass. Or maybe I even use the Arabic phrase, Assalamu alaikum, which means uh, peace be with you. Jesus, he also says this in the, in the Bible, so I feel comfortable about saying that too. Um, and uh, sometimes people, they want to stop. And sometimes people are suspicious and asking me, what are you doing here? Because they don't see many Danes, especially not Danes who are walking around saying hello to people. And yeah, and some people think that I'm a policeman or something like that, or a social worker. Yeah. And then I'm like, no, no, I live over here. And I tell them my address and stuff. And people are like, oh, that's you. Okay, nice. And Sometimes then I show them the video I made and they're like, oh, that's you. How awesome is that? And uh, I was there at the event. I had the juice also. And so thank, thank you so much for doing that. And yeah, so I, the, my videos and my, uh, that, the fact that I live here, uh, that gives me a lot of credibility. Also, usually I go to the most criminal people in the streets. I look at uh, like people who most people would walk around. I have a heart for them and I just can't stop talking to them. So when I see some young people in a group with their, uh, uh, their what is it called? Yeah, their hood, hoodies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, their hoodies on and looking suspicious. Then I just walk right to the group and say, Assalamu alaikum or hello, how are you? And uh, it's uh, really funny to see their reactions. Uh, in the beginning, they were so suspicious, but now because I lived here for seven and a half years, there's almost always uh, at least one person in the group who knows who I am. And then he's like, oh, he's just a Christian and he lives over here and he's really cool. He made these videos and stuff like that. So that's nice. So just be open, say hi to people and offer to pray for them. And yeah, often I also start a conversation saying the same as I do in my videos also. Hello, my name is Sebastian. I'm a Christian and I love Muslims. Mm. And then I said most important stuff about me for that uh, context. Yeah. yeah. 
That sounds good. And it's so nice. Uh, I mean, funny that you say that they think you're police because that was also the reaction I got once uh, when, when we were there as church. Like they they thought like, yeah, you must be police because you're hanging here. No one else as a white person yeah. comes here and, and hang, hang out. And then he saw my wedding ring and it's like, no, you can't be a police because police is never wear their wedding rings when they're in, in work. <laughs> so it's like, you're fine. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, that was a funny story though. But yeah, it's so interesting to hear like how you are so like bold in just stepping out and being so generous with your life, but also so loving. And I think there's a lot of things to learn there. What I catch up from you is that like living in the area where you want to reach out, whatever, I mean, area it is or whatever, I mean, area you want to reach out to. I think, as you say, it's it's so important to live there and to be part of the community. It's it's easy for us as church and go and do outreaches in, in areas. And I mean, though that's, that's good as well. But I, I think this long-term, uh, not so maybe hype focus is the thing where you really can see change happen. I mean, the everyday life, walking side by side with people and being there in, in their ups and in their downs is so important. Um, because it's so easy, we come and we do a good event or and then we're going from there and we leave them. And uh, yeah, I think a combination is good, I think. But to have someone uh, mm. staying there or a couple of people as you do now planting a church there and really live there is so, so important and so inspiring to hear about. So what are... Uh, yeah, and, yeah, and even though, even though it's an uh, area with... Uh, like many Muslims and many people from the Middle East, uh, people think that that's everything that these areas have. But there are so many different nationalities that people uh, don't know about uh, if they don't live here. Uh, we also have uh, many exchange students, actually, right here among my neighbors. Uh, just around me here in these uh, few buildings around me, there are about 120 exchange students from all kinds of countries who are here for a short time. And we started to reach out to them with this new church plant. Uh, and we decided to make our events uh, for Vineyard Volsmose on Fridays, Friday at five, because uh, that's after the Friday prayer for the Muslims. And it's before the students want to go partying in the night. So it's a golden time from five to 8.30. And that's what happens actually. Uh, we invite people, we invite Muslims, who had just been to the Friday prayer, and then they come to Vineyard Volsmose, and uh, people are leaving afterwards to go to a party because uh, they're young students. Um, and the way we reach out to these students is that I have become a part of their uh, uh, Facebook group and messenger group, and I am uh, like a part of their community. Uh, I go to their parties. I contribute if someone uh, wants to borrow anything, a bike or duvet or sleeping bag or anything and otherwise also. Uh, and we meet and we uh, uh, party together, we go uh, to the cafes together and stuff like that. And then I invite them to come to Vineyard Volsmose and then they come. It's, uh, really, uh, it's really simple uh, and it's really uh, amazing to see that. And some people are uh, praying uh, a prayer in a group for the first time. Mm. And, so good. And have all kind of different backgrounds. Yeah. yeah. How how long have you been doing the church plan for now? 
Since uh, September uh, last yeah, year. Yeah, and you're part of the Odense Vineyard still, but you're like a project yeah. plant from, from that church. So yeah. so speaking about the church a little bit, like how is your like vision or not strategies really, but like how are you thinking around church plant where you are? Like now you shared a little bit about your the way you, you, you find this uh, epic time <laughs> where the perfect fit where people have where it's good for people or easy for people to come and, and, and so on. But what else are you thinking around the church plant? How do you want to build the church in order to, to serve the, the local area where you are living? Yeah, in church plants, uh, people are talking about uh, free activities, uh, core activities, uh, DNA activities and social activities. Um, and core activities are like a church service or a small group, network group, um, and social activities. Yeah, that's being social, just the social events. And uh, DNA is uh, outreach and how we define ourselves and what we uh, want to do to the area. So uh, right now we don't do a lot because we are such, so few uh, people. Um, but we have our every second Friday, we have our event called Thank God is Friday. And it's like a combination between a small group and a church service and a social nice, actually. Uh, we eat together and we have uh, a fellowship. We may have a competition or a game or something like that. And then we have a couple of worship songs and a small sermon and uh, then a prayer and talk in, a group, in groups. And then coffee and cake and uh, shisha for the rest of the night and people hang out until midnight or so. Um, and sometimes uh, people are inviting other people to come also, like uh, people who don't have anything to do with church. They invite their other neighbors to come because they like the fellowship and uh, like the atmosphere and how we can talk about God. And then we have our, uh, we've had a few DNA activities. We have been uh, picking up trash in the area, um, just uh, walking around for a couple of hours, picking up trash to show that we want to make a difference in the area. And we have we have been uh, knocking people's uh, doors and asking them if we could wash their windows. Uh, that was also a big success. And so just some a few small things so far. But I mean, it's so good. I'm so inspired. Um, myself is also, we just moved here last year to, or one and a half year ago to New City here in Sweden. And and having this dream of a church plant here as well, it's more like a project now. We're 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 still a, a small team and, and and dreaming of to see what God wants to do here. But it's it's such inspiring to see like how you're building from from scratch something and and doing it out of different kind of focus areas like DNA and and like more the 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 gatherings and stuff like that. It's yeah, it's really inspiring, and I think it's it's so important when you're when you're doing something. I mean, what's been struck, stuck to me last couple of years is really this, like, how do you reach the local context? Like, how do you really plant a church for the people that you have around you? And not like, oh, we want to make a church that people travel from all over to come and, and we have these nice uh, gatherings, but more of like, how can we live the everyday life with the people around us? And and out of that structure, the meetings or whatever we should do. Uh, it's so easy for us to come with a set agenda, like how things should be. But uh, it's, I think it's important to, to ask ourselves, like, how do we reach the people around us and, and what do they need? Like, yeah, I, I think it's mm. so good. 
so good to hear all all of this from you, and I'm really excited to go uh, go on with my own dreams here where we live uh, after listening to you. Even though it's mm. a different cultural area where we live here than you, but but it's still uh, reaching out to the people we have around us here and and so on. So really really good. And to sum up this conversation a little bit, like if you were to design or write something on a billboard for that the whole world could see, what would you want to write on that billboard or what kind of illustration <laughs> would you like to have on that billboard? Oh, that would be something about Jesus, of course. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do you have Jesus saves. Yeah. Jesus loves you. Something like that. Yeah. Um, and then a link to the vineyard churches or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Some promotion as well. Uh, and yeah. out of what we have been speaking about today, what would you like, or what do you hope and wish people would be challenged by in our conversation today? If you were to pick one or two things that really. I hope that people uh, will be challenged by uh, saying yes to Jesus, living for him, and being bold in what he has called you to do. Because uh, one thing is for sure that when we say yes to God's calling in small things and big things, we will never regret it. But if we say no, we will regret it. That's for sure. So that's... Um, that's really good. And thank you again for being with us in this podcast. Uh, it's such inspiring to hear your stories and, and how you just stepped out in faith and, and doing things. And uh, I, I'm sure that it will inspire other people as well. And uh, I'm looking forward to see you soon, hopefully at Vineyard Summit in Copenhagen in March. Yes. So everyone yeah. that's listened to this episode, it's plan to be out before that summit. So if you are not registered and you are able to come due to some corona restrictions, maybe we would love to see you all there. It's going to be great to mm -hmm. see each other in real life again and worship together yeah. and yeah, inspire each other. So yeah, thank you, Sebastian, and hope that you will have a good week onwards. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you want to follow the Vino Nordic movement and everything that is happening, you can go to Facebook and Instagram and follow us under Vineyard Nordic. You can also help us by subscribing to this podcast on the different podcast platforms. When doing that, you will also get an update every time we have a new episode out. So again, thank you and see you again next time. Bye bye.